Welcome back to America Can We Talk. So very glad you've tuned in. I hope you enjoyed listening to John Guandolo. You know, he is just a, a brave guy. He says a lot of things that aren't popular. He speaks the truth about things that, um, you know, some people don't want to hear. Apparently Phil, <laughs> Phil Mudd, uh, formerly of the FBI. Anyway, welcome back to America Can We Talk. Um, I usually do a cruise of the news at the top of the second hour, and I am going to do this. I want to mention a couple of preliminary things, though. First, uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you're our Texas audience uh, and 660 a.m., I want to remind everyone that tomorrow is the last day to register to vote if you want to vote in the primary in March. The primary here in Texas is coming up on March 6th, and tomorrow is the last day to register. So check on yourself. Check on your adult kids, and especially if they're going to vote conservatively, and your friends. I mean, it's astonishing. You run into people who otherwise seem like responsible adults, and they do all sorts of responsible things, and they don't vote. Voting is the precious you know, prize given to People who are citizens. Fabulous, important thing. So register to vote in Texas. Second is we started a podcast. America Can We Talk has a podcast. Um, and we, we call it Can We Talk More. It's on once a week, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time. And this show is also, if you're listening on Facebook Live, thank you for doing that. If you're listening on radio, you can listen at home every week. If you're at your desk, go to Facebook and then to America Can We Talk and listen on Facebook Live. You also, um, I, you can listen to this show on the 660 AM app. Here in Texas, the app is 660, the, the station 660 AM. And this past week on Friday, I substitute hosted for Mark Davis. And um, they get callers who are listening on the app because I was saying to him, how are people calling from you know, Indiana? <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, they just listen on the app and call. It's very cool. So uh, lots of ways to listen. We also archive all of our interviews. I can tell you, I enjoyed this interview tonight with John Guandolo so much. And we will put it on. Uh, it'll be available on our website, on our um we have a SoundCloud account. We also have on YouTube, America Can We Talk has all of our interviews up on YouTube. So this, we were able to record it. You know, he was in studio, so it's, you know, it's a visual as well as the audio. But um, it's a really important um, topic to understand because this is going to be one of the central battles in 2018 leading up the election cycle. The Democrats are going to be trying to claim that the Republicans endangered national security, which is that argument has fallen flat on its face. But they're going to be arguing about the, uh, the Republican interfering with the Mueller investigation, and you have to be ready to say, when anyone around you says, well, you know, Trump and Russia, the entire Trump-Russia collusion story was invented by a Hillary Clinton-paid operative and a completely fallacious, ridiculously uh, you know, false dossier was used by the FBI to get a uh, FISA court judge to allow them to surveil. I mean, the whole thing was contrary in so many profound ways to the rule of law. The Mueller investigation would not exist except for the fact that Hillary Clinton and her team paid these slimy smear, a slimy smear company, Fusion GPS, 
to make up a story, a dossier about Trump that's never been verified and use that to get a warrant. And these are just really important battles to have because the left is trying to take the position. They're taking the high road and um, and they're not. Okay. Speaking of uh, attempting to take the high road, what's another astonishing thing I wanted to mention that's just uh, in this cruise of the news? You would think at this point, after what we have now seen, what the FBI did, that even some of the never-Trumpers on the right, and there still sadly are never-Trumpers on the right, that some of them would say, okay, maybe I don't like his personality. Maybe I don't like his Twitter feed. Maybe I don't like his, you know, stance on whatever it is, refugees or the border, whatever their, their issue is they don't like. You can have a lot of reasons you decide, you know, this is not my guy. I'm tr- I don't like Trump. But anyone who loves this country, who values the, the importance of America as a country founded on absolute allegiance to rights that come to you from God because you were born, which is what the Declaration tells us, rights that exist because we're citizens, the, and, and the whole notion of the America, a country run by the people, we the people with the power to choose government. This is a, was a radical idea when America was founded. It's a radical idea today. And what we are talking about happening in the FBI is people deciding, no, actually, you the people don't pick the president. You don't. We the elite ruling class, we tell you, and we've decided Trump isn't okay. So there are some people on the right uh, who have, uh, you know, allegedly uh, conservatives who are never Trumpers and they just cannot seem to get over it. And they're continuing to nitpick about whether or not it wasn't such a bad idea, uh, that, you know, wh- whether the dossier wasn't such a bad thing, whether the FISA court wasn't really duped, whether the, this memo should have been released. I mean, these people are just trying to claim this is— um, I'm trying to think. MSNBC's Rick Wilson, who markets himself as the GOP media guy, spare me, folks. These there's a bunch of them. I guess there's no point in going through all their names, but a bunch of them trying to say we're conservatives, we're Republicans, we're just never Trumpers. At some point, if you don't have the integrity to say that this is a an outrageous thing that must be ferreted out, the the crime must be called uh, in, into into public eye. We have to have prosecutions here. You don't really get America at all, and you don't get to say that you're a conservative or a Republican. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America. Can we talk? We come back. Michelle Malkin had a fabulous point made about DACA. We are we are at another deadline for DACA that actually has huge consequences. Don't go away. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's firstliberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now. 
If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Welcome back to my show. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Thanks so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk. This show is entirely dedicated to preserving the unique greatness that is America. It is the entire reason I do radio, the entire reason I write, right? the entire reason I do public speaking, is to encourage every American to feel like it's, it's you're part of the team. You, it's your job. It's our generation's job, as it is for every generation, to preserve the unique greatness of America. And so that's the entire reason for doing the show, and I'm glad you've uh, tuned in to, to, to hear about what I think about it and, to, and uh, hopefully to become and more and more of an activist in talking about it. Well, what I want to talk about this segment is 
This is, uh, you know, I've been saying a lot of great things about Donald Trump. I am thrilled that he, I thought he was prescient in recognizing the, the, the deeply rooted problems in America. I think he's been a fabulous leader. He is, I thought his State of the Union was awesome. There is an issue going on that matters a great, great deal. And I'm not entirely sure uh, where his thinking is. Um, and that issue is uh, DACA, which is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival. Where Childhood Arrivals, and I'm sure you know, DACA was created uh, by an unconstitutional executive order by President Obama in order for uh, people who are uh, in America and they entered America, they have no legal status, no legal right to be here, but they entered America as children. Their parents brought them here, so they didn't themselves, you know, enter America illegally. But there are, you know, hundreds and thousands of them now, and they are subject to deportation. So President Obama decided to make them he couldn't get Congress to pass a law he wanted them to pass, so he just issued an executive order making them, giving them a new legal status that doesn't really exist in law called DACA. But here is the truly we are at a, uh, a not just a decision point but a, a major clash point on this because of the following. Uh, number one, the um, Homeland Security um, testify, Homeland Security uh, can't always think of her name. Sorry, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen testified in Congress that, you know, what's happened with this DACA people is that President Trump extended DACA for, I think it was a three-month period, six-month period, keeps extending it, telling Congress, you got to fix this. You decide, Congress. You're the one that makes the laws, which is what the Constitution says. You decide how to fix this. Well, Kirsten Nielsen, the Homeland Security Secretary, testified in Congress that, she doesn't believe President Trump will be able to extend the Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals programs past March 5th. Her reason, she said, is that the attorney general has made it clear that he believes such an exercise is unconstitutional. It is for Congress to fix. Okay, so we're on February 4th today, tomorrow, February 5th, a month away and everyone assumes this problem will be resolved or somehow either that Congress will resolve the status of DACA or that the president will just extend it for another three or six month period. She's saying this is the Homeland Security Secretary saying, no, uh, you can't do that. It was unconstitutional to start with. It is the president, President Obama, attempted through executive order to make law because he couldn't get the Congress to make the law that he wanted. So you can't, she's saying can't happen. Second factoid is that the um, most Americans polled want somehow some protection for these DACA people. Most Americans want something to protect them. And they feel, and you can, you know, get the heartstring thing, of course, is these these people didn't enter illegally. This is the only country they've known. It's been their only home. And so, you know, you have to factor that in, that, that that's how the American people feel. Uh, third factor is that the um, concern on the American right, and Michelle Malkin said it very, very well. She had an article out called Death of the GOP and permanent majority for the Democrats if Trump's DACA plan passes. She's saying, and she's not incorrect, that all of these people here under DACA are more 
they're more drawn to the left-wing style governance that says you don't really have to worry about breaking the law. We're going to somehow make it possible for you to uh, have access to all of America's, uh, you know, to our welfare system, to our free education, to our free everything else. These people who have no legal status have found more sympathy in the arms of the American left than in the arms of the American right. So many of these people, if they could vote, would become Democrat voters. And it's not just this little group of DACA people. It is about um, three. So it's eight. It's not eight hundred thousand, which is the number been throwing around, thrown around. It's more like three million of these people. They DACA is the people who uh, the people who entered illegally as children who actually registered under the DACA program. They got the legal status of DACA. In addition, there are people who didn't register but also have no legal status to be here, the Dreamers, and that was the the name given to them by the Democrats. But there's at least 3 million of them. And on top of that, because we still have chain migration and we still have people able to, through chain migration, not just to bring in your mother or your husband or your kids— but to bring in a broad array of extended family people. And Michelle Malkin, conservative commentator, brilliant conservative commentator, is making the point that the Democrats want to have legal status given because they see to all these dreamers and every conceivable relative they bring here because they see them as a permanent Democrat voting block. Democrats do not want amnesty for DACA or Dreamers because they're nicer people, because they have more sympathy, because of any other good, noble thing. They have that policy position because they see it as a way to build a permanent Democrat voting bloc. And so Donald Trump's plan gives these people a path to citizenship. And that's what Michelle Malkin is saying you have a lot of things to fix in immigration. You know, we have to fix chain migration. We have to fix diversity. Uh, the diversity lottery has to be ended. We have to end the, um, which is just basically a random drawing of people coming here. We have to uh, have E-Verify. We have to eliminate the legal, um, you know, the, the possibility people come here to get jobs because we have to enforce against employers. They're not permitted to hire illegals. But it's really a rock and hard place in about the next four weeks because, Trump is trying to find something to negotiate with the Democrats. The people, American people, seem to want something. But this this um, legalization, it, it, not only that it gives Donald Trump's plan, gives him a path to citizenship in 8 to 12 years, but unless we get rid of chain migration, we're talking about millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans, of people coming here, becoming citizens, all beholden to and loyal to the Democrat Party. And Michelle Malkin is not out of line to be concerned that we're creating a permanent majority for the Democrats if the DACA plan passes. Three last things. One is Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, again, uh, same one I was talking about a moment ago, she's announced that the, um, the Homeland Security is going to begin to attempt to pursue charges against leaders of sanctuary cities. So we have the additional battle of sanctuary cities. I think the the polling is the majority of Americans with the conservatives. You can't be a sanctuary city. You can't harbor illegal aliens and refuse to cooperate with the federal authorities who are asking you, you know, do you have this person, this person, or when you have someone arrested, can you determine their legal status? And if they they are 
not supposed to be here, you know, hold them so that ICE can come and then uh, work through the deportation procedures. This has been this lawless as a sanctuary cities has bothered many Americans, especially conservatives. And she's going to say we're going to crack down on sanctuary cities. So and the last piece of this, before I get to my point I want to make about this great country that is America, is that Senator Dick Durbin, you know, who is a uh, the senior Democrat senator, um, he's uh, from Illinois. He was on CNN this week, and he said on State of the Union on CNN that legislators are unlikely to reach a deal on DACA, but that the Democrats won't force a second government shutdown over this impasse. He recognized the Democrat shutdown didn't work so well last time over DACA, so they're not going to do that. But he says it's not likely to be a DACA deal. They're working every day on the phone, you know, trying to work out a bipartisan agreement. So here's the rub. Here's the nut of it, the core. The Republicans have to find the backbone to get on board with standing up for the rule of law in America— Donald Trump's plan, and maybe this is one of the Donald Trump, you know, um, you know, four-dimensional chess, art of the deal things where he's really not going to offer these DACA people a path to citizenship. But Republicans have to get on board strongly, firmly, without reservation, saying there can be no special path to citizenship for these DACA people. There is a bill in place. It's already out there. It's written by Bob Goodlatte, the congressman from Virginia, saying— You know, we can do something to protect the DACA people so they won't be deported. But on the other hand, they also cannot um, have any special path to citizenship. This is the next test of the backbone of Donald Trump and the Republican majority to get us to the fall with having taken a firm stand about rule of law in America. When we come back, I got to tell you what Senator Pocahontas had to say at a women's march. You won't believe it. Debbie Georges, America Can We Talk. Come back. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony list, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. 
Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis and uh, just having a great time, as I always do, doing this show. And I'm very grateful that I could do it tonight live from the studio because, I, okay, I, it's the Super Bowl. I know it's the Super Bowl, and probably uh, a lot of you are watching the Super Bowl. I did just quick text my husband, and I guess it, the Eagles are up as of halftime, 22 to 12, in case that is of concern to you. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I feel really sad for the NFL. I feel sad for America, actually, because— uh, the audience watching tonight might be, you know, huge it is the Super Bowl, but the, the sport has been so um, damaged and, and just um, I, I feel for everyone, the fans, the uh, because I think that the um, that sourness and the, Amer- the American reaction to this uh, protest against the uh, against against America is what it really is against the national anthem is against America uh, did not go well. And um, and I it was just deeply disappointing that the. Uh, commissioner, the owners just couldn't get it under control because it's really harmed, and and I, I hope not fatally, but really harmed the NFL. Okay, I want to finish one more point. 
uh, before I get to my next story about this whole immigration thing. I have almost always resented the implication of the American left is forever saying, well, America is going to become majority minority, like majority of people uh, of non-whites. And, and then the Democrats for sure will win all future elections. That is really, really offensive. First of all, people don't think with their skin color. They don't think with their national identity. They, each individual, has a God-given ability to contemplate political ideas, to think through the consequence of policies, and to come around to embrace what is best for the preservation of America. And we, on the conservative side, should never surrender the note to any idea that just because of your skin color, your national origin, you know, what language your grandparents spoke, that somehow, you know, you are just unable to process the goodness and greatness, the unique ideas that founded America, the unique importance of the rule of law and separation uh, of powers in Washington and individual liberty, all these great building blocks of America. They are blessings to everyone. And we need to never surrender that. Number two, I will say on this issue, though, because uh, we were in this, again, rock and hard place, basically four weeks. I think that I saw headlines right after the um, State of the Union. And, and I, I think other pundits had made this point. But there, the point was being discussed in America that, you know, Donald Trump is kind of teaching the GOP how to fight again. And I'm, I'm sure there are some members of Congress and the Senate who would say, you know, we didn't need to be taught again. We were already fighting. And there certainly is, um, you know, our, our Texas Senator Ted Cruz is just a, you know, he's the he's the leader of the conservatives in the Senate. He is the leader of the intellectual. Um, he's the intellectual conservative leader really in Washington. Um, so we do have some strong thinkers. We've had really decades. This is why Don Trump won. Another reason why he won. Decades of people, of conservatives watching, they send Republican majority to Congress, and they can't get the dang Republicans to hang tough. Republicans seem to capitulate to the Democrat point of view, and the country is dragged further and further and further left every year. And so part of what people heard in Trump uh, in his speeches, even though he wasn't particularly a partisan guy, but he they heard that conservative, intuitive love of America— and belief in America, belief in what America is, has nothing to do with race, nothing to do with skin color, nothing to do with ethnicity, everything to do with values and ideas. And people heard that in him. And I'm hoping on this DACA battle that even though I'm sure the Republicans are seeing the polling saying, oh, my gosh, most people want to take care of DACA. Taking care of the DACA people does not mean having to give them any special path to citizenship. It is not only a lawless approach. It's so unfair to the people waiting in line. You know, we were at a dinner last night. We actually went to a, um, one of those county party uh, Reagan Day dinners uh, here in Texas. And I'm sure you have them. My Phoenix listeners, Colorado Springs, I'm sure you have them too. Here in Texas, we went to one last night and, uh, and Ted Cruz spoke and he was, as usual, awesome. But I sat next to a woman. I, I just met her last night. She happened to be at our table uh, who had become a citizen. She, had, uh, she was Canadian by birth and upbringing. And she became an American citizen. And she said, you know, you actually, there's a process you have to follow and it takes a while and it's kind of a pain. 
But she said she watches these protesters, these DACA protesters, waving signs, we're American too, and you know, all the signs they have, just trying to taunt America to say, if you won't give DACA people immediate citizenship and all rights to, as, as an American and immediate amnesty, then you're being taunted as a racist. And she said, you know, I resent that. I, I, you know, I think that citizenship should mean something and it should have uh, procedures you follow and they have to all be the same. You can't say to some group, well, you know, uh, in your particular case, you jumped the head of the line. Republicans have to find a way in this year, in 2018, to message that, to speak up about that, because it, it's just vital. Okay, so I'm done on that subject. The other thing I want to tell you, I mentioned before the break. So um, Senator Elizabeth uh, Pocahontas um, from Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren, um, she's just, you know, not I, I. she's a socialist. At least I'll give her. She's kind of like the Bernie Sanders type. She pretty much admits it. I mean, she doesn't try to say, oh, no, I'm really a capitalist. She doesn't try to do that. She's She's a socialist. Her basic goal in government is to force uh, redistribution of wealth one way or the other. But I want to talk to women voters especially on this point about what Elizabeth Warren does and what the left-wing America does. Elizabeth Warren spoke at some women's thing this week. Um, I don't even know what it was. It was, oh, to Annie's List. Okay, so she spoke to a group called Annie's List, which is a group dedicated to electing progressive women to political office. And she actually spoke in Texas. She came to Texas. Oh, my gosh. Okay, in Texas. And she was uh, bragging about the kind of hats they wear. We don't talk that way in the show, but the kind of hats those women marchers wear. But she said in the speech, women know what it's like to get 75 cents on the dollar for doing the same jobs as their male co-workers and then she goes on and on, just all these things that women know, you know, men don't appreciate us. She said they, women have good ideas. They put forward. The ideas get scooped up by some man who later decides it was his idea. Nevertheless, we persist. She's doing the, the whole victim thing to women. And I want to point this out because this is how the left messages to every minority group. She's saying to women that You've got to, you know, you're a victim. America's totally unfair to you. It's just, she'll, and, and you just should be outraged. The left is a perpetual outrage manufacturer. They manufacture outrage in every pocket of America all day long. It is the, their, their, uh, it's what the incentive is to get people out to vote. You're so outraged. I can't wait to, this is their outrage against Donald Trump. Sometimes I don't even know what it is. I mean, you, you've seen these little man, the street cameras, I'll walk up to them and say, what are you protesting? They have no idea. Elizabeth Warren or some other nut job leftists told them to be mad and they're mad. But the particular thing I wanted to point out about this is Elizabeth Warren, again, this week, used a 75 cents on the dollar argument. And if you listen to this show, you know, because we've been over it many, many, many times, that that is a lie. If you don't know, I'll quickly tell you that study after study has shown, and you can read them, just Google it online, you know, equal pay. Study after study shows that when you actually correct for, take account for um, the difference in skills, education, and hours worked, there's virtually no pay difference between men and women. The 75 cents on a dollar, if you just take... 
the data that goes into Washington and compare all men and all women, yes, you know, the average man earns more than the average woman. But when you compare apple to apples, the average man and the average woman in a particular career with the similar education and similar skills, the, the difference disappears. And much of the that what accounts for the difference in men and women uh, protesting, men and women and what they earn, um, has to do with choices women make. Majors they choose that be jobs that tend to be paid less, wanting flexibility to, to uh, be a stay-at-home mom, a part-time stay-at-home mom, be a caretaker. The point is, there is not, the, the pay gap argument that she is saying is a lie. And she knows it's a lie. So ask yourself, why... Does Senator Elizabeth Warren, the Democrat Pocahontas liar from, San- from Massachusetts, why does she feel the need to lie to you, to lie to the protesters? Why does she feel the need? She knows these stats. She's well-informed. But she thinks the only way to get women to back the Democrat Party is to lie to them, to make them feel like victims, to tell them that they are the, whole, the helpless, ridiculously un, unfair victims of, of society's you know, brutal sexism. This is how she has her power. And it's offensive. She's saying, I have to dupe you to make you vote for me. And she's playing into this helpless woman mode that's insulting to strong women like you and me. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, America Can We Talk. One more segment, and and we're going to talk a lot about economics in the next segment, but in a good way. Come right back. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed, becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. There is a lot of talk today among media and academia in our culture about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. 
Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Welcome back to America Can We Talk, fastest two hours of my week every single week. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Love talking to you every week. I want to thank the sponsor of our show, without whom the show would not be possible. GC Works is a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. So very, very grateful for GC Works. I also, we're going to go up and I'm going to play an interview in a moment, but I want to make this little point. It's easier to do what Elizabeth Warren does and sell outrage and anger than it is to lay out the facts and the truth that I just said to you. That is true in countless issues in this country. The American left tries to sell something that is just to make you outraged and angry and feel like a victim and, and resentful of your neighbors. And the same thing is true in trying to sell economic ideas. Bernie Sanders stirred up college students by telling them all that they deserve more of somebody else's money. It's easier to sell socialism than to sell freedom because the ideas of freedom and free markets are harder to convey in punchy you know, ways that grab people's hearts. The truth is sometimes harder to convey than emotion. So going to an interview, interview I did this week, we had people visiting Dallas from the Friedrich Hayek Institute in Austria, as well as the Austrian Economic Center, Dr. Barbara Kolm, Dr. Richard Zundrich, and they are on a roadshow going around the world. They do roadshows in all these big cities, essentially arguing for free markets. If we can play the interview, please. Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, I had the great pleasure in Dallas this week of meeting with some visitors to Dallas. Uh, one is Dr. 
excuse me, Dr. Barbara Coleman. She's actually been on our show, I think, a year ago and maybe even before that, two years ago. You've been here a few times. Uh, and so I'm grateful that she is here visiting. She is the president of the Austrian Economic Center. I'll let her correct my title if I'm incorrect about that. And also she is a head of the um, Friedrich Hayek Institute. These are both based in Vienna, Austria, and they're both all about advocating for free market economics. Also today, and with us today in this little interview, um, is Richard Zundrich. You may feel free to correct my pronunciation, sir, when I get to you. But the reason I love this and the reason I want to talk with you about this is I always say America Can We Talk is dedicated to preserving the unique greatness that is America. And at the core of that greatness is the concept of free markets, the absolute notion that individuals have the right to live in liberty and the free market system is the only system that actually fulfills the promise of America. And we are the most prosperous and industrious and successful nation on Earth. Earth. They may correct that too, but that's how I see it, um, because of our commitment to free markets. So first I want to say welcome to Dr. Barbara Colm. Thank you, Debbie, for the invitation to the show. So glad you could do this with me, and also welcome to, and thank you for being here, to Richard Zundrich. And is that a close to the pronunciation of your name? That is very close for an American pronunciation. Thank you very much. Okay, how do you say it? Zundrich. It's a little bit harder on the Z. Okay. All right. So what I want to ask you about first, these organizations in uh, Vienna, Austria, committed to preserving, extending, selling the ideas of free markets. But you're particularly involved in the Friedrich Hayek Institute. So just tell us what that group does, why it got formed, what they do. Well, the Hayek Institute was basically formed when Hayek was still alive to promote uh, free markets because, as you know, since World War II, we've had uh, – the fight, basically, between Keynesianism and free market economics. And after World War II, it was mainly Keynes. During the Reagan and Thatcher years worldwide, it was Hayek. And then in the 90s, the free market movement thought they had won with the fall of the Iron Curtain, etc., a huge free market economy worldwide. Uh, but Obviously, with the Great Depression, a lot of things have come back. So the Friedrich Hayek Institute was founded uh, to promote free market economics in Austria, which, strangely enough, does not really adhere to Austrian economic theory, uh, and the surrounding areas, especially the, uh, the ex-communist countries behind the Iron Curtain. Actually, what are you saying about the ex-communist countries behind the Iron Curtain? My sense of it was these people know how bad communism is, socialism is, and they'd be the first to latch on to free markets. But is that incorrect? Um, well, surprisingly, in the, in, the, in the first years, they did take very quickly and uh, to free markets and, and, and free trade. Uh, but then after the second wave came, and especially during um, – more depressed times, you get a certain nostalgia for the good old days where people say, you know, they, it used to be better. For instance, in communism, officially, you had total full employment. Everybody had a job, whether they were actually working or not. Um, it was, of course, not very efficient, but this is what people tend to remember when they hanker back to uh, to the good old days of communism. And Nowadays, when we when we go there uh, to give our speeches, you now have people that were actually born 
after the 1990s that don't know what communism was actually like and how bad it was. I mean, you could not get real coffee, and you could not. Uh, you had a three-year waiting period to buy a, well, to put it mildly, a not very good car. But people don't remember that. They said, okay, we had full employment and everybody had a job. So you have to remind people about how bad it actually was and how well they have done since free markets have reigned in that area. So the organization you're speaking of, the Friedrich Hayek Institute, based in Vienna, your mission is to try to sell or resell or convince people of the, the, that free markets create better life, more abundance, more prosperity for everyone. Is that roughly right? That is roughly correct. Uh, we also try to promote the Austrian School of Economics uh, and uh, the teachings of Hayek. As you may remember, he uh, wrote the book, The Road to Serfdom, uh, in which he clearly states the dangers of socialism leading to totalitarianism. And you're somehow related to him, isn't that right? Um, my grandfather was his brother, and therefore I'm, I'm his uh, great-nephew, and I am one of the few in the family that actually has anything to do with economics, so I'm kind of carrying the torch on. Love that you're doing that. I want to turn now, we're going to go back and forth, but uh, I want to turn now, I'm also seated, as I mentioned, to start with Dr. Barbara Colm, and she heads up both the Friedrich Hayek Institute and the Austrian Economic Center, and I want to start, ask you about the Austrian Economic Center, when that got started, and what that's all about. Well, the Austrian Economic Center was started 10 years ago, and we actually had in mind to uh, use, back then in Austria, we had kind of good politics. We had a short period of a conservative freedom party government that was doing structural reforms, and we were back then labeled as the better as the better Germans, because our economic success was really great. And um, so we said, okay, let's try to do the same, the following. Let's export uh, Austrian economics in terms of the success of the structural reforms that Austria had undergone in 2006 and, two or, and the results were shown in 2006 and 2007. And on the one hand, and on the other hand, let's export the great Austrian school of economics and bring those reforms around the, the world or at least around Europe. And this is why we founded the Austrian Economic Center to be based in Vienna and out of the roots we then transport it uh, into the, not only the neighborhood, but uh, across Europe. What is the, why is it so hard to sell freedom versus socialism? How do you sell freedom as a better choice? And, and how do you, uh, then socialism, and how do you correct that notion, socialism, that we're just, that it's, a, it's creating a fairer system? Well, going back to this equality issue, I think it is a total red herring and People are just jealous of other people uh, bringing about somebody has to have more to have less. It is based on the premise that the pie is the same size, and if somebody has a bigger piece of the pie, then somebody else has a smaller piece of the pie. Uh, and that is a total red herring that is being used. If I think of the richest people on the planet today, 
I have people uh, like Bill Gates of uh, Microsoft, or we have Apple, or we have Amazon, or we have uh, Carlos Slim with his mobile phone company. All of these things did not exist in the 1980s. And I am sure most of our listeners would not want to exist without the benefits they have gotten from Amazon or the personal computer or the mobile phone. And these people are not wealthy because they took away things from other people. It is because they added to the total happiness of everybody, and they just so happened to get very wealthy in the process. And I personally don't think that is a bad thing. Whereas in the socialist country, not only does the pie not stay the same size, it actually shrinks because people are prevented or disincentivized from actually doing any work and making uh, making uh, the world a better place. It's entrepreneurship and free market that makes that pie grow and brings about uh, new inventions. You know, folks, I... It, it, this interview is interesting. They, um, this, these two people who, uh, with whom I met this week, I was meant to say they've done this kind of worldwide road show, and uh, it was much longer. I had to clip a lot of it, but you know, they they started out in Austria, realizing that you know they had this wealth of history in Austria, commitment to freedom and free markets, and it brought prosperity. And it's 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 the most amazing parallel to so many issues. The liberal side is emotionally easier to argue. And for uninformed people, it's appealing. Well, gee, you know, yeah, who doesn't want everyone to have everything they want for free? And who doesn't want free health care and free housing and all the food stamps you could want? Who doesn't want this? And I think, you know, that, that defending the kind of roots of America requires more than emotion. It requires understanding. It requires thinking. It requires logic. It requires people like us sharing. The The beauty of free markets is abundance, but it doesn't mean everything is free. The beauty of the rule of law means you have a sense of security, but sometimes it means you have to enforce the law against people who've broken it. And as I say so often on this show, every single generation of Americans, including us today, we have the privilege and the obligation and responsibility to defend the greatness that is America. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. America Can We Talk. Come back next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk. Truth About America. America.